Ladies and gentlemen, we take pride in presenting a thoughtful address by Ronald Reagan. Mr. Reagan. Welcome to History Uncensored. As always, I am your host, Seth Michaels, and today is a special day, a day we can all rejoice, the last day of Ronald motherfucking Reagan. I bet you guys are as done with this topic as I am, so I'll try to make this brief. Today we're just going to be going over a few things, we're going to kind of be recapping what we've already learned. I'll be going over some of my favorite quotes of his, and some of the stuff other people have said about him, and then just finishing up, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. I think the title of this episode, the personal title of this episode, is probably something that won't be accepted by iTunes, but just so you guys know, the actual title will be The President Who Fucked America, Yet Left It Wanting a little bit more. I'm going to start out with a recap, kind of what we've gone over. If you haven't listened to the first few episodes, I definitely recommend going back because this is going to be just a very broad overview. The very first episode, I talked about Ronald Reagan's war on drugs, Nancy Reagan's just say no, and the institutional racism that followed. How many Black people were being arrested, um, the rate of arrests, uh, what it did to our prison systems, so on and so forth. It's a pretty good episode. Um, It really explains the political climate of institutional racism today. So if you're interested in that topic, please go back and listen to it. The next episode was on Reaganomics. And Reaganomics started the conservative trend of this trickle-down theory or supply side, which said, let's just make a whole bunch of shit. Let's not worry about where the shit is eventually going to be sold, but let's make it. And then, you know, it'll drive competition, so on and so forth. Um, All in all, it's been really bad for the American economy to, to kind of fluctuate between Keynesian ideas of... Uh, economics and this and supply side or Reaganomics uh, it, it hasn't been good it would be much better to to just stay on one path and, and stick to it the other thing that we need to really start doing is worrying about uh, tax rates I understand that taxing the rich too much creates a problem but taxing them too little creates a bigger problem. I also go over wealth inequality uh, pretty significantly in that episode, so another one to definitely check out. The following episode was on Reagan and his scandals. I am so sorry that it went two and a half hours. I did not want to make it into a two separate podcasts. I just didn't. So I made it into one, and I apologize. And if you made it all the way through it, God bless your soul. Um, just unbelievable you guys are the best i'm gonna make a call out here and i'll make a call out at the very end of the podcast i appreciate all of my listeners and i want to give back to you guys in some way if you would be interested in doing a listener episode where i answer listener questions please reach out to me i will have my email in the description for podcast and every podcast episode going forward So please reach out to me. 
And I'm not talking about history questions, and they could be history questions if you want me to answer something or you had a question about something um, or if you want me to look into something. But the questions I'm more concerned about are like, what kind of pizza does this guy like? Uh, what are your ideas on uh, the MCU, the Mar the Marvel Universe? Do you enjoy sports? What what else do you do? Literally ask me. It's Think about it as Reddit's AMA. Ask me anything and I will try and get back to you. Um, through the podcast, I'll do an episode, hopefully, depending on how many emails you guys send me or how many uh, mentions on Twitter you guys give me will depend on the length of the episode and how frequently I do it. With the involvement I have gotten so far, my best guess is that I will be able to do one once a month. Uh, but if you guys reach out to me more frequently, I'll definitely be able to handle that at a higher clip, maybe once a week, like at ending the week or something, just a fun little tidbit after we do the episodes, or once every other week, which is more likely. So I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Now, let's get into the real reason for this episode. I want to go over Reagan quotes, because there are plenty of them, and they're bad. The other thing I really want to say is, if you want to do research on Reagan being an idiot, it's pretty freaking hard, man. Like, they, I don't know if it's Google or what's scrubbing the internet of this stuff, but you have to do kind of research beyond the research to get to this stuff. Like if you search Reagan being an idiot or what did these people say about Reagan, it doesn't show up. But when you go in and you look into these other articles and you, and you look into these different books and different other resources, you start seeing all of this stuff, but it's not just on the internet for you. It's very difficult to find. Um, I think that's just a lot of bullshit and I don't know why it is, but it's very upsetting. Regardless, all right, I've stalled for for too long. Here we go. Some good old quotes from Ronald Reagan himself, kind of also with some background information. I am not worried about the deficit. It is big enough to take care of itself. Well, I learned a lot. I went down to Latin America to find out from them and learn their views. You'd be surprised. They're all individual countries. Yes. President Ronald Reagan. They are individual countries. I'm not surprised. Um, you need a better geography teacher. I've said this one before in the podcast, but facts are stupid things. And Ronald Reagan said that at the 1988 National Republican National Convention, and he attempted to quote John Adams, who said... Facts are stubborn things, though in Reagan's situation, I really do think that the facts are stupid things really resonates with how he perceived his presidency. We were told four years ago that 17 billion people went to bed hungry every night. Well, that was probably true. They were all on a diet. Now, don't get me wrong. President Reagan is being remembered for being jovial, a jokester, quick-witted, so on and so forth. But talking about making fun of uh, 17 million people who went to bed hungry every night, I don't think is becoming of a president or something that anybody should really say. It's a serious issue. People do go hungry every night. There are a lot of homeless people in the United States. 
and we are literally our economy is the biggest in the world with you know 300 million people compared to some of the other ones at you know a billion plus so think about that the richest in the world and we still have all of these homeless people it's an issue um i i don't have the answers but i'd be willing to help look for them Every morning, Nancy and I turn to see what he has to say about people of our respective birth signs, and that was regarding his fr friend, uh, Hollywood astrologer, Carol Ryder. And he relied on that a lot. I'll get into more of that later. I would have vetoed, I would have voted against the Civil Rights Act of 1964, as quoted in LA Times. Uh, but before that, he said, I favor the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and it must be enforced at the point of a bayonet, if necessary. Also quoted by the Los Angeles Times. Government is like a baby. An alimentary canal with a big appetite at one end and no responsibility at the other. How hypocritical of you. We must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his actions. If it's to be a bloodbath, let it be. Now, appeasement is not the answer. And what to do about student disruptions at UC Berkeley? That was quoted in the Los Angeles Times. And uh, shortly thereafter, Reagan said, I certainly don't think there should be a bloodbath on campus or anywhere else. It was just a figure of speech. That does... Um, I, I, I don't have a response to that. Mostly because I've never heard anybody else say that, especially in context to civilians. Or college students doesn't seem smart. Uh, politics is supposed to be the second oldest profession. I have come to realize that it bears a very close resemblance to the first. I couldn't find any background on this, but I am assuming that he meant the old adage that prostitution is the oldest profession. And in Reagan and his administration's case, I would definitely agree that politics would bear some resemblance to prostitution because they sold themselves out a lot. Evolution has in recent years been challenged in the world of science and is not yet believed in the scientific community to be as infallible as it once was believed. But if it was going to be taught in the schools, then I think that also the biblical theory of creation, which is not a theory but the biblical story of creation, should also be taught. What point do we have to say that church and state don't belong together? Knock it the fuck off. Approximately 80% of our air pollution stems from hydrocarbons released by vegetation. So let's not go overboard in setting and enforcing tough emission standards for man-made sources. He's such a fucking twat. I have flown twice over Mount St. Helens. I'm not a scientist. And I don't know the figures, but I have a suspicion that that one little mountain out there in these last several months has probably released more sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere than has been re released in the last 10 years of automobile driving or things of that kind. I can't tell you how many things are wrong with that statement. Just know that it's many.
Thomas Jefferson made a comment about the presidency and age. He said that one should not worry about one's exact chronological age in reference to his ability to perform one's task. And ever since he told me that, I stopped worrying. Because I'm sure at the end of Reagan's presidency, it did seem like he was old enough to have known Thomas Jefferson. I've left orders to be wakened at any time in case of national emergency, even if I'm in a cabinet meeting. Goddamn, that's true. He slept through everything. Important things. He just slept through it. You'd be surprised how much being a good actor pays off. And that was in response to a question from students at Shanghai's university as to which experiences best prepared him for the presidency. And he did. He acted through his entire presidency. He's a stooge for the people around him. The simple truth is, I don't remember, period. And that was in the Iran-Contra affair regarding questions that he probably should have remembered. Also, remember him saying he's a good actor? Yeah, I won't draw any other correlative lines. If a tax hike makes it to my desk, I'll veto it in less time than it takes Vanna White to turn the letters V-E-T-O. Maybe not the smartest policy considering the national deficit you were racking up, Reagan. And here are some of the things that other people thought of him from the inside of his administration. Lee Hamilton, a representative from Indiana, in an interview with Haynes Johnson told him, Reagan's only contribution to the subject of the MX missile throughout the entire hour and a half was to interrupt somewhere at midpoint to tell us he'd watched a movie the night before, and he gave us the plot from War Games, the movie. That was his only contribution. Mark Hertzgard wrote that during Mr. Reagan's trip to Europe, members of the traveling press corps watched him doze off so many times during speeches by French President Francois Mitterrand and Italian President Alessandro Pertini, as well as during a one-on-one -on -one audience with the Pope, that they privately christened the trip the Big Sleep. No one had ever entered the White House so grossly ill-informed. At presidential news conferences, especially in his first year, Ronald Reagan embarrassed himself. On one occasion, asked why he advocated putting missiles in vulnerable places, he responded, his face registering bewilderment, I don't know, but what, maybe you haven't gotten into the area that I'm going to turn over to the Secretary of Defense. It, yeah, that's bewilderment. Frequently, he knew nothing about events that had been headlined. In 1984, when asked a question he should have fielded easily, Reagan looked befuddled, and his wife had to step in to rescue him. Doing everything we can, she whispered. And Reagan repeated, Doing everything we can. To be sure, his detractors sometimes exaggerated his ignorance. Um, the publication of his radio dresses of the 50s revealed a considerable command of facts, though on a narrow range, but nothing suggested profundity. You could walk through Ronald Reagan's deepest thoughts, a California legislator said, and not get your ankles wet. Margaret Thatcher is said to have been, uh, was told to have been said, The poor dear, there's nothing between his ears. The president cut ribbons and made speeches. He did these things beautifully, probably because he was an actor. Congressman Jim Wright of Texas acknowledged, but he never knew about the substantive facts or of the issues. In a word from former CIA director, 
stupid. Clark Clifford called the president an amiable dunce, and the usually restrained columnist David Broder wrote, the task of watering the arid desert between Reagan's ears is a challenging one for his aides. Every moment of public appearance was scheduled, every word scripted, every place where Reagan was expected to stand was chalked with toe marks. Those manipulations seemed customary to Reagan, for he had been learning his lines, composing his facial expressions, hitting his toe marks for half a century. On the day before a summit meeting with the world leaders about the future of the economy, he was given a briefing book. The next morning, his chief of staff asked him why he had not even opened it. Well, Jim, the sound of music was on last night. Yeah. Okay, Reagan. That's... That's an excuse. Not a good excuse. But it's an excuse. I, you know, I don't think I even ever attempt, and I hated doing homework. I don't think I ever even attempted to say, when asked by a teacher why I didn't get something done, say like, "Oh yeah, but Dragon Ball Z was on last night." Have you watched the Adult Swim stuff? It's so good. His defense secretary stooped even lower. He got Reagan to sign off on the production of the MX missile by showing him a cartoon. Once again, the president made a joke of his lack of involvement. It's true that hard work never killed anybody. Why take a chance? Why indeed. Cannon, who had observed him closely for years and with considerable admiration, took his lapses more seriously. Seen either in military or economic terms, he concluded, the nation paid a high price for a president who skimped on preparation, avoided complexities, news conferences, and depended far too heavily on anecdotes, charts, graphics, and cartoons. His national, one of his national security advisors, Frank Carlucci, observed, the great communicator wasn't always the greatest communicator in the private sessions. You didn't always get clean and crisp decisions. You assumed a lot. You had to. Reagan staff found especially exasperating the need to clear the president's schedule with a first lady who placed so much reliance upon a West Coast astrologer, Joan Quigley. That had been true since the beginning, when Reagan was inaugurated as governor at midnight because it was reported that was the hour this woman set after perusing the Zodiac. On a number of occasions, Deaver would spend days working out an intricate itinerary for the president's travels, down to the last detail, only to be told that he had to scrap everything, because the astrologer had determined that the stars were not properly aligned. Horoscopes fixed the day and hour of such major events as presidential debates, summit meetings with Soviet leaders, and the president's most important aide said, we were paralyzed by this craziness. Those were excerpted from The American President, from Teddy Roosevelt to Bill Clinton by William E. Luchtenberg, published by Oxford University Press. The story is this, Ronald Reagan was an idiot, a charming, kind, optimistic idiot with almost zero foresight. He and his administration had created problems so large, so edifying, that almost 40 years later, we are still dealing with the fallout. His war on drugs? which in all actuality was a war on black people, Reaganomics, which was a war against the budget of the United States, as well as the poor, his seeming never-ending supply of corrupted officials elected to his administration, which single-handedly disrupted some of the most important work that had ever been done in the interest of the United States. Some of these things, and I went over them previously, is in combating climate change, institutional racism, 
dividing Congress and the American people into a growing duopoly, conservative ideology that strays away from public education, student loan crisis, the housing crisis of 2007, the SNL crisis of the 80s and 90s, a huge national deficit in the budget, imprisoning large swaths of the lower classes, private prisons, the deconstruction of the Fairness Act. Do you guys know what the Fairness Act is? The Fairness Act was set in place so publications had to include ideas from both sides of the aisle, left, right, or both sides of an issue. So if you brought something to the media that was left-leaning or right-leaning, you had to also get an opposite side of the story to make sure that everybody kind of got a say in the matter. On well, the 80s, that was abolished. President Reagan did that. Like, they abolished the Fairness Act, and... It's hard for me to say this, but I mean, like, I, I both agree and I disagree, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't try and control what the media is, is putting out to people. But that has swung so far the, in the other direction, and it, it has made stooges of the American people as they listen only to one side of the either left or right. Most of the time. I'm not saying everybody. I understand that there are people that are in the middle or or on one side or the other, that do include in their local regimen of news both sides of every story, and that's the way that it should be. But everybody has been affected by this. It's not okay to have both sides of the story, but it's okay to spend the money on lobbying different media outlets to only produce a single side. I don't think that's right either. I think we're almost too far gone now to try and get back to or reintroduce the doctrine, um, especially with the internet and the proclivity of the stories that are, are available on the internet, it would be almost impossible to do that. But the internet right now is also one of the few places that you can go for unbiased media if you look close enough. And that's really important. I just want everybody to look into the Fairness Act, um, maybe hit me with your own ideas of what's introduced this duopoly of and big business duopoly of Republicans and Democrats and what that's done to American politics, uh, what that's done to the, the people, our friends, neighbors, family members that might differ in ideology. I don't think that it's brought forth positive debate. Uh, I don't think that it's brought forth uh, positive outcomes or pos positive sharing of ideas. I think it's hindered both sides to the point where they... Uh, refuse to acknowledge that the other person might be right. And that's not an America I want to live in. That's it. If I haven't convinced you yet that Ronald Reagan was an idiot, I'm not sure I'm up to the task. Go ahead and look through my sources, look through the data, the charts, the papers, and tell me that his presidency didn't totally fuck the United States. I probably missed something, and if I did, please let me know. Again, I'm going to do one more call out. Email contact at historyuncensoredpod.com. Going forward, uh, I will have that and my Twitter handle at Seth4Nerds in the description to the episodes. So please reach out to me. I'll also include a link to the, the Facebook page. Um, you can definitely drop me a line there too. I hope you enjoyed these episodes on Ronald Reagan, and I look forward to more of History's Idiots. For now, though, uh, next week we'll be heading back to my podcast series on slavery, starting with a several-part series on Rome, including Rome's influence on more modern Western slavery. 
The story will pick up next week with the founding of Rome, their ideologies, and where slavery fits in. It'll probably just be an opening short episode that will allow me to fully introduce the subject as I plan out the rest of the future episodes. I would also like to once again call for help. Again, I want a listener segment on the show. You guys are amazing. You're what makes me want to keep doing this podcast. As a reminder, they can be anything uh, about me, history, science, sports, education, about the show. You get the idea, but I want feedback from you guys. I will do a special call out on the episode as well as social media if that's something that you'd be interested in. I look forward to hearing the crazy questions you guys come up with. This has been Seth Michaels with History Uncensored Podcast and Uncensored Podcast Production. You people are the best. And history always remembers. We knew the world would not be the same. Few people laughed. Few people cried. Most people were silent. I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, and says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another.